Welcome to After Hours, Conversations for Music Educators, presented by AMRO Music. This is where we share ideas and work towards solutions to better serve your students. In this episode, we'll be listening to a webinar hosted by AMRO Music on August 6th, 2022, looking at how COVID has affected the way students learn and educators teach. We were joined by three band directors who will identify themselves in just a moment. The discussion was moderated by Nick Averwater. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. It is so good to see you as you make your way in here. As we get ready to kick off AMRO's Back to School Clinics, it is hard to believe that it is August and that we are ready to get kicked off and started again. But so excited that you're joining us this morning as we get ready for the 2022-2023 academic school year. Now, I'm really excited to introduce our panelists for this morning. So if you could introduce yourself, tell us who you are, where you teach, what you teach, and then how about a little icebreaker question? If you could just share with us a quick highlight of your summer, that would be wonderful. So Brittany, it's good to see you. Let's kick off with you this morning. How are you today? I am good, Nick. I'm really thankful to be here and excited to talk about this topic. I think it's the elephant in the room for everyone talking about the effects of COVID. Great. Well, uh, my name is Brittany Gerald. I teach at Stewart's Creek Middle School. I have been there for five years now. I taught in a more rural area called Macon County before that. So I've taught uh, for a total of six years. Um, I teach middle school band exclusively, you know, general music or anything like that. Uh, Highlight of my summer was for the first time in about 10 years or so, I get to go on an extended family vacation with like all of my first cousins and uh, we all live in different states. So we never get to see each other. We're all now adults. So we got to spend some quality family time together. And that was a lot of fun. Fabulous. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us and welcome back, Brittany. It's good to see you. Kim, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) I'm Kim Webb. I teach at Green County Tech in Paragold, Arkansas. I am the high school band director there. I teach marching band and the concert band. And also I help with the the beginning band and also junior high band. One of the highlights of my summer um, has been um, I actually got to go on a vacation with just my husband, no kids. Uh, We left our kids at home this year. We went to Myrtle Beach for our five-year anniversary and it was really great. So that's I'm awesome to talking with y'all today. That adult time is so important. And I'll give a shameless plug for Kim. If you're not listening to her beyond the baton podcast, you need to be tuning in her and Nathan are doing wonderful things out there. Go pull up their podcast and give it a follow. Okay, Ben, good morning. Good to see you, man. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ben McLemore. I teach uh, at Lewisburg Middle School in DeSoto County, in Mississippi. Um, and then I assist also at the, at the high school. Um, I'd say the highlight of my summer, uh, kind of the opposite of these other two ladies. I didn't do a thing and it was great. Normally I have a lot of stuff going on in the summer and I just, I stayed at home and played with my dogs and it was, it was great. So (laughs) fabulous. Well, it's good to see you, Ben, and appreciate a few minutes of your time here. So let's go ahead and and, and get started with everything. So Ben, I would love to kick off the conversation with you. Um, If you could just share with us, what's been your perspective of comparing perhaps pre-pandemic to post-pandemic students, education, and just kind of kick it off with your perspective here for us? Um, Well, you know, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, as far as like our expectations, procedures, um, you know, what we teach, it's pretty much been the same. Um, The biggest struggle that we've um, seen has been, I think, recruiting numbers and our numbers haven't been bad, um, but it's just not been as many as we've had in the past. 
Um, there were lots of things that we adapted whenever we got back to school that uh, some things we really loved, some things we thought um, we might not try those again. Um, but as far as the, you know, the students go, we have seen a little bit, uh, a little bit of a difference between pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. So. Okay, perfect. And Kim, how about for you? How, how has your perspective changed or, or has it changed? And have you noticed a change in, in students and, and their involvement in the program? I noticed the very first year that we were going through the actual pandemic part that where, you know, we were having to social distance, we had all these restrictions and everything on our kids and you had to be so many feet apart and that kind of stuff. I lost some commitment from my high school students. I had several drop in my numbers the next year. We're still recovering from that. Um, But the biggest thing that I've noticed is their mental health. You know, I, I think it affected all of us mentally, but it, it has changed my perspective of, you know, you, you're the band director, you're the person in charge, you've got all these tasks, but at the end of the day, they're a human. And I think that's something that we, I should have started off with at being year one, you know, like I, I am, you know, I'm caring about this student, but it just put it into a different perspective of they have mental health needs as well as, you know, getting them through. And some, some of that is also, you know, sometimes the music is the thing that pulls them through that. And so I think mental health has been uh, the biggest thing that I've seen with my kids and, you know, we're still recovering from that. And, you know, I, I really encourage them to be in therapy and I encourage them to talk to me more. If they're having a bad day, it's not like, well, I have bad days too. So you've, you've still got to play your instrument kind of how I used to be. And now I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about it. You want to take a break. Do you need to go by yourself for a minute and then come back into my classroom? It's, it's changed the conversation on Mm. my end. Yeah. So I want to hear Brittany's thoughts on this and then let's circle back and actually unpack kind of the mental health component. I didn't have that in my notes, but it sounds like you're kind of modifying some teaching styles and behaviors. And that's something that I want to unpack a little bit more for this conversation. So Brittany, how about for you, the 30,000 foot view, are you noticing a change? Was there a change and did your perspective change? I think there is absolutely a change similar to what Kim was talking about, which was it's not that we completely neglected the relationship side with our students or never talked about mental health or wanted to help. Um, But especially getting on the other side of the pandemic, I think things things were obviously different for everyone in every way when we were in the thick of covid, virtual learning, quarantining, all of that. Um, where it became really apparent was this past year where I I thought we were moving past that. Um, And I mentioned earlier, uh, we were talking before that it became apparent really quickly that it was not going to be just a snap backwards. And so, you know, back to pre-pandemic, it was going to be this really long transition and is going to continue to be a transition because they've been through something traumatic, as have we which for me has resulted in really taking a deep look into how do I make everything we're doing meaningful to them? Because at this point, and given the mental health aspects, if it's not meaningful, if it's just a thing, they, there is not going to be commitment. It doesn't hold the same um, value that it did before. So how do we take all those things we were doing pre-pandemic, make it meaningful to those middle school kids so we can continue it and continue this transition knowing that I, I can't just do it the same way I did before. They don't react the same. And I'm not sure it's even appropriate given what they've been through and what we've been through too. Yeah. 
Well, help us unpack that a little bit. I love the phrase, make it meaningful. So perhaps what are some of the things that, that you have made more meaningful and how have you gone about doing that? Are there particular segments of your teaching of the class or of the interaction that you have thought, you know, I did it this way. Now I'm going to do it this way because it makes it that much more meaningful. I think from a systematic perspective, um, we, we're very regimented about like having an assessment system and like objectives and things that the kids, we call them pass offs. Um, here's what we want you to learn. Here's, uh, what we want you to do. And after attempting to do this transition, like I was talking about last year and seeing that they just were not the whole purpose of why we wanted them to do these things and what was supposed to gain for them. It was literally just causing stress and burnout for everybody. Um, But we also know that we have to push children to achieve things and we need to have some standards and expectations. So we can't just throw all that by the wayside either. So one of the practical applications of that was we redid the system incorporating instead of it being a, like a checklist type of thing, you get this or you don't, or you move on to the next thing. Um, there's now a component for you only have so many weeks before you have to meet one-on-one and get some additional help. Like it's built into the system now of you have some time to some time to try, but we're going to ensure that you can never get too far behind or you can never get really frustrated. Um, I'm not, it's hard to say without like getting into all of the details. So I don't want to get into all that because that's not what today's about. But basically we like, we took the assessment system and instead of it being, here's your work, I'll teach it to you. And then you need to go get it done. There's an acknowledgement now of this is going to take people more time or less time we're here to help you we're building literally building in that i'm your ally in this in this system into the system instead of it letting letting it be like an assumption well come see me if you need help it's a no we're we're partners in this let's figure this out let's mm-hmm. make sure that you're you're not frustrated or you know, all the the million of different scenarios that can occur yeah. Yeah. I love that phrase, make it meaningful. And it definitely sounds like y'all have a lot, uh, have evaluated a lot of things in your program through that phrase. So Kim, let's back up a little bit and talk about the mental health. I mean, you were very quick to say we're prioritizing mental health of our students in our, in our program. Take me through some of the ways that you all have incorporated uh, that priority, either in the way that you're interacting with the students, um, you know, the objectives, the philosophies, just kind of take us through how you've, you've uh, woven that mental health component into your classroom. I think the biggest thing is just being open and saying, I tell them, I'm like, hey guys, I struggle too. And being open about myself with my struggles so that it Mm. seems more relatable and that it's not something that's different or something they should be ashamed of. So, you know, I'm open about, I go to the therapy, I go, I go do these things. I take care of myself. So that's the first thing is opening up that conversation of, Hey, I'm struggling. We are all struggling. It's okay if you're struggling too. And then, you know, having an open door when they need to talk, I I tell them, you know, they see me on my computer a lot, like in our downtime where I'm like working on stuff. I'm constantly catching up with work as band directors do. But I tell them, I'm like, if you ever need to talk, I am never too busy to talk to you. And so having that and having the open door policy where, hey, I'm here to talk to you. And I have to tell them I'm not a counselor, but if you just need to talk about something, that's great. And then I usually follow up our conversations with, are you talking to someone someone else about this? Are you in therapy? And I highly recommend therapy if, they're, if they are struggling. Um, another part of that, though, is just 
being very, um, we pull in a lot of our traditions that we do with our band and making sure that they're there for each other. And we really push that we're a band family. We are here for each other and really pushing that part of our program. I think between the year that we were basically shut down to last year, I, I, I said earlier, we lost kids. And so that first time that we were back for our marching band camp, I did a, instead of going right into marching fundamentals, we had a workshop for our kids and we talked about our goals and you know, we have this um, saying in our band program, the belong, believe, become. And so they had different workshops where in the belong, in the belong workshop, they were talking about the relationships and the family feel and why we do what we do. And then the next thing we, we talk about believing in themselves, believing in each other, having goals, and then on the become part, okay, what do you, what do you want to become? What do you want out of this process? And really pushing that. And because if you can, pull your kids in all together, that helps their mental health more than anything. If they know that there are people surrounding them, they are, they are mentally better as a whole. So that's, that's a few things that we've done. I've had meditation in my rehearsals before because we've had some stressful days and I'm like, we're going to meditate. And they turn out being some of our um, best rehearsals that we've had and our high school kids, they actually buy into it. And I asked them after we did it the first time, cause I was kind of scared. I thought there were laugh or whatever. And they, they were very much like, okay, yes, I, I understand why we're doing this and they wanted to do it more. So. I love those examples. So it sounds very much like the camp. I mean, the way you restructured the camp, going back to Brittany's point of making it meaningful, you brought some why in there, you brought some perspective and you try to connect the dots here between the intentionality of our efforts and our objectives and the role that we all individually play. And, and, you know, it sounds like you've brought a new element of I don't know if I should use the word vulnerability, but you're, you're inviting students to, if they need to know where to take that first step and in, in prioritizing their mental health, you're inviting them to come and seek you out and, and having that conversation and at least allowing you to be that first step. Well, and I also think recognizing when kids are struggling too, because a lot of times we can go through our day and not realize that they're struggling, but sometimes I'll see someone who's normally in a good mood. And if they're having a bad day, I'll pull them in and I'll be like, Hey, is everything okay? Do you want to talk about it? If they don't, I don't push the issue, but you know, recognizing that they're struggling is, is part of that too. Yeah, that's great. Ben, how about with you guys? I mean, I know y'all span, you work with a lot of students with a lot of different ages. Are, are you uh, seeing in similar things or incorporating uh, similar or different things? Uh, yeah, for sure. And I, I know from speaking with our guidance counselor, I know that our um, a lot of our, our students, the referrals to guidance counselors are up. And um, I remember when we first got back in the fall of 2020, we kept talking about how resilient the kids were and how they were just excited to get back to school. And yes, they are resilient, um, but, you know, they had been through something fairly traumatic um, and they had they had lots of. Um, I think things deep down that they weren't really discussing or um, getting to the bottom of. Um, I think me personally, I'm seeing a little bit more, um, more of the kids being, I guess, less socially mature um, than they were pre pandemic. Um, And so we've been dealing with that, but, you know, just to go back to what she said, we're, you know, we always try to, pull kids aside that um, seem to be struggling and say, you know, what can we do to help? If, if anything, sometimes just um, 
letting them vent or um, tell you what they're struggling with, that kind of solves it in them, you know, itself, just letting them, letting them talk and get it out. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, we're, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word immature um, cause they're, I don't want to say they're more immature, but I, I, I feel like they're less socially mature than they were um, pre pandemic. But I, I do feel like it's getting a little bit better each year as things get back to normal. So. Well, and I would, so Ben, I would love to unpack that thought with you and we'll open up with your perspective on this. You know, the, the, the students that you see, does it seem like the, the snapback from this is, is a little bit more, you know, a valley and then a peak, or are you noticing just this very gradual inclination, a very gradual incline of the student's recovery process from this? For me, I would say it's more like a gradual, gradual peak. Um, especially that first year when we went back in fall 2020, I think about, you know, fall 2020 to fall 2021, and then just getting back to fall 22, I, I do feel like each year it's gotten a little bit better. They've gotten a little bit more mature. Um, but, you know, these kids um, that that I have as eighth graders now, when they were, you know, sixth graders, it was that first year back. And they, you know, they had just spent, you know, four or five months at home doing nothing <laughs> for most of them, you know. So, um the progress we're seeing, I think, is is steadily steadily going up. So, okay, Brittany, Kim, have have that been a similar um, experience for both of you, or or have you seen anything different from what Ben is describing? Kim, we'll start with you. Yes, definitely. I I have seen that from you know our seventh graders all the way up our beginning classes um, at the seventh grade level. They are their, their maturity level is very different than what I've seen in the past. And part of that is just the loss of instruction and just, you know, they've basically missed a semester or a nine weeks and that, you know, of structure and kids need that structure. And so it is obvious. And the expectation, their expectations of like, you know, when they come into band, they have to do certain things. They have to make sure that they're reaching the goals and not all of them grasp that until we make it very, very clear. And that hasn't been the case in years past. It's been like, oh, okay, we, we come to class, we do this, but the expectation, it almost seems a little bit more demanding for them, even though it's the same that we expected before, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Brittany, similar experience for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, just absolutely all the way across, especially thinking about, I know last year I talked about earlier, you, it took two weeks to figure out when I'm referencing the two weeks, I'm talking about the sixth graders that came in are beginners. That was one of those things where I, because of that lack of structure and the age they were when everything kind of shut down and what, what experiences they were able to have in elementary school structure wise and um, social, like socially, versus when they got to middle school, there was a pretty big gap. Um, and so that they're a great example of it took about two weeks. And I very quickly realized that I'm going to have to operate differently with these students that I have an expectation of where I think sixth graders should be what I want them to act like what I want them to do. And we will get there, but we're not going to get there the same way we did before, because they are not reacting the same. And this is honestly getting painful for everybody because we have to, we have to meet them where they're at. I, I do agree um, that it's when I look back at fall of 2020, uh, we're definitely on the incline of getting 
closer to normal. But I think all of the students, just as Kim was saying, there was a lack of structure. There was a lack of interaction with each other. And they're having to learn what all of that means Again, even those eighth graders are still, they're better than what they were, but they still miss that time too. That I think that's always going to be present until we get, it's going to be a long time until we get kids who didn't miss school through COVID, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I guess it, what's interesting about this panel is we have three different states represented and we have different age groups represented. And, and when we were putting this panel together, that was something we really wanted and it's interesting that all three of you are sharing similar experiences. And, and I think the good news in this is that we're seeing a, a recovery. You know, I think we all were hoping that it would be faster, that it would be a little bit more prompt. But I think the good news is, is it sounds like we are kind of slowly working our way uh, out of this. So, so Brittany, I want to come back to you. And you shared with us before we hit record that the first two weeks when you and Andrew returned there at Stewart's Creek, there was this philosophy shift that had to take place and that you all had to kind of snap together. And so at this part of the conversation, what I would love to do is start getting a little more granular and talk about how you all are changing classroom pacing, expectations, communications with students, your classroom procedure. And we'll start to talk about the, the long-term ramifications now of the pandemic and how you all are adapting in the classroom. But we'll kind of kick off, I think, because you said there was this, this philosophy shift, and then we'll translate that down to behaviors and that are carrying on forward to today. So for us, um, the the day-to-day of what it looks like is that we just had to relax a lot and slow down and realize that we can keep our expectations the same, but the path to get there might look a little different and things that were implied maybe before, um, or as Kim was talking about, we kind of just lay out, here's the expectations and band, you do this, this, this seems to make sense. Um, that, that became a whole lot more challenging for our students. So we realized we had to put a whole lot more things in place to make that make sense, whether it was coming in and what classroom behavior literally looks like and having to continue to have those conversations where we were used to doing that maybe once or twice, you just kind of set the ground, like set the ground rules and move on. Um, that That's not the case. So basically a, a lot more repetition, a lot more taking a step back and really diving into the details of things and helping them get through the details versus presenting it to them and letting them doing it on their own. Whether that was learning a new articulation, figuring out where to sit, figuring out what supplies they need. There's a whole lot more guiding to help them understand the process instead of, well, here it is, because we we quickly realized we would go, well, here it is. Here's what we want you to do. And the interpretations of that were just all over the place, if they even existed at all. I mean, some of the kids got it, some of them didn't, which I know is something that happens in education always, but it was truly to an extreme of things that seemed pretty straightforward that are not straightforward to them anymore. So we, we basically have gone back and gone, okay, we're going to have to slow down. We're going to have to reiterate a lot and we're going to have to build time for all of this help into this process instead of just laying out what the goals are and doing whatever we need to do to get to them. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a certain element of stepping back and relearning to teach now Again, of course, coming off of a digital time. So we learned to teach, you know, pre-pandemic, then we learned to teach digitally. And now we have to come back and learn to teach post-pandemic. So very much y'all had to step back and say the way we're communicating needs to be different. The curriculum matter, although it sounds like 
the curriculum perhaps didn't change, the manner in which you ended up reaching the objective changed pretty substantially. Absolutely. Um, like I said, the beginning band class, uh, for me, it was a big, it was a big step backwards into being more casual and being a little less, here's how band works and this, and honestly more like how maybe a math class would work and doing group work and just figuring out new ways that they were used to and that we're going to get them engaged and as we're talking about earlier create the meaning that way I can transition them as they get older into those processes and mindsets that we all associate with being a part of a band Um, they weren't latching on to that concept at the beginning so it's been a much different approach to get them there than what it's ever been. Yeah. Ben, how about for you guys? What's been your perspective? And I guess, is there a silver lining in this? Did you discover any procedures that you altered and that have stuck and you thought, oh, I really like the way that went. Let's continue to do that because we learned it in the pandemic. Yeah, there there were quite a few, actually. Um, I think my favorite thing that we took um, was the uh, the way that we test our beginner band students. And we actually got this from one of the uh, the podcasts from uh, from Rebecca Lowry. Um, it was the facial structure analysis uh, tests for the beginners, where we kind of look at their teeth, their chin, their lips, and assign them a number. And then that number tells us what we think they would be most successful at playing. Um, so we've we've used that. We've been able to test beginners much more quickly, and I I honestly feel like we've gotten a more accurate reading of what they're going to be. Um, most successful at as far as choosing a beginner instrument. Um, and I, I think we will continue to use that moving forward. I don't think we'll go back to our, our old way. Um, whenever we came back in uh, the fall of 2020, you know, we were told we have to keep all of our, you know, students at, I think it was nine feet apart uh, the entire time. Um, and so we, we brainstormed of what we could, how we could, make that happen in the band set, um, you know, and, and we decided instead of the traditional, you know, arcs or curves that um, we had used before, we just made a, a large grid with all of the chairs, however many feet apart. We actually end up really liking it because we could, um, we, we tend to stay off the podium a lot. We try to move around as much as we can. Um, and we were able to get to students a lot quicker. Um, we, were, we were able to hear individual students easier to see, you know, if they were, missing things if they were trying to, you know, uh, fake play, stuff like that. Um, so we could get to them a lot quicker. And I, I found that it also helped with behavior, you know, when they're not sitting right next to their best friend, they can't, you know, lean over and whisper and chit chat. So, um, we, we really, really enjoyed that. Um, whenever we were trying to send virtual assignments, when everyone was home, we, um, discovered a few, um, websites and other online components that we really liked that we we will still use now um, as far as uh, giving assignments like musictheory.net. You can customize all those assignments and send those out through, you know, the, the different apps that we use at school. So those are, those are a few things that uh, we kind of implemented moving forward even after 2020. So, yeah, that's great. Well, Kim, one of the things that I would really love to unpack with you is um, 
kind of the discipline component because you you're teaching there at the high school with a very successful high school program at Green County Tech. And so there's this there's this expectation component that comes along with that. And then, and of course, with expectations, sometimes at times there needs to be uh, the discipline uh, side of it. And we've talked about, you know, Ben mentioned the the um, slower emotional maturity development that some of the students are expressing. So how have you approached the discipline component within your program? And then how have you approached the expectation component to your program? Have you lowered expectations or have you changed how you get there? I think a little bit of both. <clears throat> and last year, um, I really, our, our high school band, they, they were a great band, but we really struggled with the maturity aspect of it. And me, you know, I have in the back of my mind, you know, okay, they're, they've just gone through this pandemic. I, I feel like in a way I would, I would let things really slide sometimes. And, you know, and it would, it was a very, it was a very hard year for that in general, just the behaviors and that kind of stuff. And this year, the way that we structured our camp, I knew my expectation going in day one and I, I have noticed in my teaching style that I am just not letting things slide more this year. And that is helping with the discipline of my band so far. I mean, I've got one of the most disciplined groups I've ever had up there. And it was because of coming in day one. All right, this is how we're going to do things. Last year, we did things this way and we saw the problems that it caused in our band. This year, we're going to do it. We're going to start it like this and not letting things slide. That has been a huge difference for my program and I know they say that they're like, set your expectations day one. And I under like, I, I feel that way, but for some reason for the, with the pandemic, I felt like I had to give them a little bit of leeway. I, I felt like I had to, to almost coddle them a little bit in getting back into it. And so this year I came in, this is how things are going. Here's the expectation. Um, we work a lot on our, I, I've noticed, you know, getting back into into the discipline part that also goes music, music discipline too. And so we've spent a lot of times on a lot more time on fundamentals and not letting things slide musically. And that I've seen the change of that. I mean, that was last year and this year, but you know, I, I haven't, I wouldn't say I've lowered my expectation, but I will say I have more of a perception of reality of what my kids can can, can handle. And so, and I always, you know, even from my first year, I I didn't have a student intern my first year, but the high school director did. And when I always see when young band directors come in, they have this college expectation of how the classroom is. And I always tell them, I'm like, look, when you go into the classroom, it's different. And it's not you lowering your expectations. It's, it's reality, your perception of reality and how to, how to understand what it's really going to be like. And so I don't think I've lowered my expectations, but I've seen what my band can handle. And I structure my um, curriculum based off of that. And so, you know, last year we did a marching show that was planned for a group of kids for the year before. Well, they really struggled with that marching show. Not that they weren't successful. They were, they ended up being successful, but it was, it was really hard to, to get them through that because it was planned for a totally group, a different group of kids, different mentalities, different student structure and that kind of thing. And so this year going into our planning of our marching show this year, they, we had a, you know, our planning meeting that we normally have. And we kind of went through what's the strong points of this group. And it's really helped us um, 
I think it's going to help us be more successful this year. And so I think just, just meeting like, like what Brittany said, meeting them where they are. And that's, to me, it's not lowering my expectation. It's just reality. Here's where they are now. So. Yeah. So, and and I think that's an important delineation because I think if we keep expectations fixed, right, that can be a really challenging thing to do that our goal is to operate at this level consistently, regardless of what happens outside of the band room, like a pandemic. Mm -hmm. For you, it sounds like very much the expectations were more catered towards the individual strengths of the program each individual year. And let's ensure that we have this intentional linear progression towards what we we hope our goal is for years to come. Is that kind of how I'm understanding that? Yes. Yes. 100%. And, you know, a lot of that takes fundamentals. Like, I think I have a different perception on how much time we have to spend on fundamentals right now with our kids, because even that small time of lost instruction, it, it carries, I mean, it's carried through the band program. Like I, I can tell the kids like the class that went through, who didn't have a normal beginning year, they still struggle. And so just hammering those, those music fundamentals with them and spending more time on that is, is, is what is pushing them to be what I, what I expect them to be. And so I think that's one way that my teaching has changed is just focusing a lot more on fundamentals Mm. before just diving right in. So, yeah. Great perspective from the high school podium. So thank you so much. Well, Brittany, Ben, let's unpack the middle school podium a little bit, the perspective from the middle school educator. You know, how have you all adjusted on either the student discipline front or on the expectation front as it relates to the students? So Brittany, do you want to kick us off here? Uh, Sure. I think, honestly, there's so many parallels to what Kim was just talking about, just appropriate to the, the skills and the behaviors of what middle school looks like. We've really had to just take the expectations of behavior and then how that translates musically um, and just fit it to where they're at and realize that things can't be, it can't be an in theory. It can't be a, well, this is what we did before, or this has worked. I think it truly kind of almost like cut down everybody at the knees and went, I have to be in this moment with them. And that is the only thing that is going to work, whether it is behavior, whether it is musical, like, so it's for us at the middle school level, it was all about realizing exactly maturity wise, where those, um, where those students were at and just taking it all down so that we can build it up and try to get past some of those differences. Uh, I'll say, I think one of the struggles at the middle school level was the age that these students were when COVID happened. So they hadn't been through that transition into middle school or high school or that level of social maturity or even independence and structure. They were elementary age students, some of them very young elementary age students when they were at home. And oftentimes they had no structure at home because they were still, they're still transitioning to that level of structure in school, let alone with all their younger siblings. So we've dealt We've dealt with a lot of that. I mean, the amount of students I had at the beginning of last year, uh, particularly sixth grade students who would come up and like, it was so elementary school-like in so many ways. Like they would get up in the middle of the class and want to go get a snack. Like we're in the middle of band class and we get up and come like right here and are like, can I go get my snack? No, 
have a seat. Like it's so truly like those processes that they normally transition through an elementary school to get them ready for middle school, they didn't have. So we were having to take that step back and help them through that transition, but obviously expedited a little bit because we're already here. So I think that's one of the unique struggles of middle school is like, I, I know a bunch of teachers that said we almost had to, um, we almost had to teach school again and go, this is, this wow. is how we function in a school. And especially with that growing level of independence at this age level that, you know, you have to do that. You're going to have to do that. I, it's not that I don't want to help you, but that's going to be what's expected of you in school and in life here forward. So we've yeah. got to develop that independence some. Yeah. Well, I will say in your students' defense, I still fight the urge to go up and get a snack. So I, I, I mean, think I that love continues. Snacks. I think that I continues snacks, for a long but... time. Yeah. So Ben, how about for you guys? I mean, have, have you had to modify? I mean, we've talked a lot about it, pace or uh, expectations. What about as it relates to classroom pacing with your beginners? I mean, is that something that you're you're having to slow down or just simply change the way that you teach it? Well, so um, whenever we came back in the fall of 2020 in DeSoto County, the students had the option of coming back in person or being virtual. So we were trying to teach both in person and virtual at the same time. And that was that was difficult. And then in the fall of 2021, um, everyone was in person again. So we had those students that had been there for a year and were already a little bit more comfortable being back in person. But then we also had the students who had been vir- virtual for a, a whole another year. Um, so I felt like that was especially difficult having those two ends of, um, of the spectrum of uh, being there and not being there. Um, so we really had to take a step back and say, we're, we have to meet the student where they are currently. We can't look at how last year's, you know, eighth grade band was compared to this year's, um, you know, and even before the pandemic, um, every class was different. Every student was different, but I really had to keep reminding myself post-pandemic, yes, every class is different. Every student is different. You can't compare one year to the next. Um, one thing that we've tried to do is just when when meeting the child where they are and moving forward is um, how quickly they're going to be able to learn and move forward. And of course, in band, you'll always have students that progress quicker naturally than you know, other students, no matter how you're teaching them. Um, one thing we've implemented, uh, we have we have a system of our pass offs. We call it band karate. They have different um, different belts that they have to play certain things to pass off. And um, the method book that we use is the the habits of a successful musician series. We use the beginner band, the middle school, and the high school book. And um, what's especially great about the beginner band book is they have a whole online component where there's um, an online tutor on their website that kind of gives them access to a teacher while they're at home practicing. And we tell them, we say, we, we're giving you this so that you can learn at your own pace. If, um, if you feel like you're ready to move quicker than what we go in class, then go for it. If you feel like you're struggling a little bit more and you need to back up, there's these online components where you can go back and get refreshers and, you know, learning at their own pace. Um, and meeting each child where they are, regardless of how fast they're able to progress is one thing that we've really, really tried to focus on. So. Great. So uh, 
I'm going to go completely off script here with a conversation that we could have an entirely another podcast about. And, but I just, I want to lightly dip my toe into this pool with you all and, and um, share as much or as little information as you feel comfortable on this topic. I mean, all of this sounds, sounds great. And I applaud the work, what you're doing, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, it sounds like we're telling educators to do more, right? That we're just saying, Hey, just spend more time with them, meet them where they are, have these conversations. Be a, it sounds like the response is, is here, let's just do more and shoulder more weight on our educators. How, I mean, how are you all coping with that as a non-educator looking out in, and I'm thinking this, so, so what's our next move here? So, so I guess my question for you all is, is are there just things that you're just having to let go that you probably would not have let go before or are there, okay, y'all are all nodding your head. Let's dive into that one, Kim. You're nodding your head most vigorously. Help me understand this. So I guess like, you know, it's kind of like what I talked about earlier. I have dreams of one day playing, you know, grade fives with my high school band. But the reality is, is right now, I don't have the group that can do that. We can, we can handle a grade four, but if I pushed them a little bit more, it would not be a successful thing for them. And so I feel like, you know, you have these expectations in your head, but you have to, again, meet them where they are. How am I coping with that? Yes, I'm telling myself, this is, I, I just have to, you know, tell myself, this is where my kids are and this is what we're dealing with. And that's okay. And, and, you know, I have to let go of, of what my big goals are because they'll, that will be there one day, but it doesn't have to be today. And I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a thing with band directors. They want, a lot of band directors are impatient, me being one of them. I want things and I want them now. And I think the pandemic has taught me to sit and to wait and to, and to just sit in the moment. And, you know, we're going to push forward but it's okay to sit in the year that we had of transition. It's okay to allow our kids to sit in that year of transition. This is the year that I see us pushing forward a little bit. And I think that's the important part. And the way that, you know, you were talking about how are you, how are you coping and how are you, how are you handling that? It's just that it's sitting and knowing what we're doing in the present. And where did I learn that? therapy. <laughs> I, I learned that in therapy. And, and I think it's important. It's important to be able to just sit in the moment and understand this is where we are right now. And there is a future, but right now, enjoy that present moment and get them through that present moment. That's great perspective, Kim. Thanks for sharing. Brittany, how about for you? I mean, you were nodding along. What's been your take on this? I, you know, I, I think for me personally, you were talking about you know, educators have like more and more and more on our shoulders. And I've faced the question a lot of, am I doing enough? Am I doing this the right way? Uh, I'm trying to think both short-term and long-term and trying to sit there and have that balance between, I want to do what's right for them right now. I don't want to lower expectations in a way that we can never build back up and still have forward momentum. Um, so I've felt the pressure of it feels like every decision has more impact than it ever has in some ways, like trying to figure out how to navigate this. And as Kim was saying, I think band directors by, by nature, like we were really invested. We want things now and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make that possible and to be the ones steering the directions. 
Um, and I've, I've found myself asking a lot, like, what is, what is excellence? What does this mean? Um, I'm fortunate to be at a program that had a, a really wonderful history and reputation before I was there that I get to be a part of now. Um, so I feel like I balance that a lot of, okay, what reputation versus reality and meeting students when they're at and just all of those things coming together. And I think the answer similar to how I handle the students is I've just had to extend myself some grace and which is personally really hard for me to do uh, really round up type a personality type. I don't like doing that. Um, but just taking the step back and going, you know, we're going through something. I hate the word unprecedented at this point, but we are going through something unprecedented and we're just going to have to take it one step at a time, figure it out and realize, yeah, there's going to be things 10 years from now that we look back and go, I wish I had handled that different from the pandemic and how this all, like how this all transitioned, but we don't know. So just got to, just got to try the best we can and just got to let some things go too. It's that you can't balance it all and you can't do it all. Yeah. So Kim's grace uh, or Kim's uh, phrase has been sitting in the moment. Uh, Brittany's has been got to have grace. Ben, what's been your perspective on all of this? Well, my perspective has been, you know, especially now more than ever, uh, we as teachers, we have to we have to protect our peace. Um, There's some things that, you know, are beyond our control that we have to let go. And um, you're absolutely right. All of this stuff is overworking teachers. And I think that's why you're seeing so many teacher shortages across the country. Um, And I I think it's just imperative more now than ever to make sure that um, at the end of the day, we have to say, okay, um, it's, you know, there's a lot to deal with. Um, But at the end of the day, as long as our students are getting better, as long as uh, we know that they're learning at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Um, so we, we may not reach a certain goal in our head, but, um, if, if we're seeing progress with our students, then perfect. That's all we can ask for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also, can I, can I add one more thing? Please do. I also think that it's important to know that you're doing what's best for your program and your kids. And that's different for every program. You know, we, band directors, we like to compare our programs to other programs. And I, I, before the pandemic, I was very much like that. And now I tell my kids, we focus on us and we're focusing on how, how we are doing and how we progress. And I think you can't, everybody out there, every band director out there is doing what's best for their kids. And that's what you have to remember through all of this is you're doing what's best for your kids. And that may look different from school to school, but you know, your program best. And so I think that's really important for our band directors to understand. Yeah. Well, I appreciate so much just y'all letting me dip, dip my toe in the, in this water, because at some point I think we need to have a whole after hours, uh, perhaps another webinar, another podcast, and really just unpack this because, you know, again, from the outside looking in, I applaud so much the work that you all are doing, but I know the forever answer can't just be work harder educators, right? Like carry more weight educators like that. We, we know where that road goes. And so I love the perspective that you all bring to the table to say, yeah, there's some things that we're having to adjust and, and whether it's through therapy, whether it's sitting in the moment, whether it's through our perspective, whether it's through giving grace, you know, we need to be talking about what we're doing to support ourselves. So thanks for letting me dip my toe in that water, but that's a topic that um, we could probably unpack for a whole nother hour. 
uh, together. So uh, gang, we're approaching hard to believe the 50 minute mark here. And I've got a couple of questions that I would love to just kind of back up on and, and unpack and, and look ahead a little bit. And so Ben, we'll kick it off with you, but you know, how are you defining success for the upcoming year? I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about the last academic year, the time back to the pandemic, looking ahead, how are you defining success this year? You know, I've, um, I've talked to a, a couple of my mentors about that very thing. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm having to step back and not compare this year to other years. So for me, um, success this year is going to be meeting the student where they are and just making sure that they grow from there. What, at whatever pace that is, however fast that may be, as long as um, they are learning something each day and just getting you know, slightly or more quickly better each day, um, meeting them where they are and making sure that they're progressing. That's, that's really all I can ask for this year. So that's great. Brittany, how about for you? What's your definition of success for this year? I think my definition is in root, very similar to Ben's and is going back to what I spoke about earlier, which is trying to make sure everything that we're doing is meaningful and relevant either in the short term or in the long term uh, and making sure the students have a part in that in determining what is meaningful and having those discussions and also taking taking those discussions taking that mindset and that approach to be able to help push us a little bit forward so that each year we're recovering a little bit more than what we did from this um so co- combination of of meeting them where they're at, being really hyper aware of our reality and not getting caught up in the the past, the future, being in the moment while also still having a little bit of those long-term goals too and going, I want to push you guys to get to this because we can. And if they see meaning in it and I can deliver that meaning and help facilitate all that, we'll end up hopefully more successful at the end than what we started. That's great. Thanks, Brittany. Kim, how about for you? Um, I am defining success as, you know, are my kids having a good band experience? Are they getting the music that they need? Are they getting um, the, the, the help that they need? Are they, are they experiencing that band culture? And I'm kind of in a different position because we've already been having band for, you know, I'm high school marching band director. We, we've been having band for four weeks and I'm already seeing in our kids that they're embracing the moments that they didn't get to have in the pandemic. And last year I saw that a little bit, but it's almost more, it's, it's different this year. And I feel like I'm, I hope that this is, this will happen in everyone's program, but I do see the push past the pandemic in, in, in the last four weeks, I see that through my kids. And so, you know, just progressing and, you know, again, having those long-term term goals, but just, being in that moment and seeing what our kids can do, meet them where they are. And just, you know, are they having a good year? Are they having a good experience in my program? And if they're having a good experience in my program and they want to come back next year, then to me, that is success. That's great. Yeah. A retention component there. Great perspective, Kim. Okay. So one more round, Robin, Uh, we'll just do a quick, the same question I ask on, on all of our webinars, do you have any closing thoughts or final advice, anything that either we didn't touch on and you want to be sure is said, or just any thoughts or or things you want to unpack further before we, we sign off, Ben, we'll kick off with you. Uh, Yeah. Just to, to go back uh, 
what she, what she was just talking about at the end of the day, I have to remind myself it's just banned. And if they're not having fun, then what's the point? Um, so as long as they're enjoying the experience, then we've really done our job. So. Yeah. Great perspective. Thanks, Ben. Brittany, closing thoughts or final advice you might share. I would say just remembering through all of this, that you're human and your students are human and that band is a wonderful, wonderful vehicle to be able to explore a lot of that. But at the bottom line, you know, we've all been through a lot and this, this is the thing that can bring us all together and make us even better. If you just keep that in mind while you're doing it. Mm, Great thoughts. We're all human. Kim, how about for you? I think I want to reiterate what Ben said. Band is just band and we take it very seriously, but give yourself grace. And, you know, I think it's important to take care of yourself through all of that and through the struggles that you have. And, you know, we are changing kids' lives and at the end of the day, that's what matters. So. That's great. Well, thank you all so much for your time today on this Saturday morning, but more importantly, thank you all for the work that you're doing. You know, the reality is, is you're making students better. Therefore, our schools are better. Therefore, our communities are better. And the impact you all are having is making a big difference. So hopefully we don't lose sight of all of this as we go back to returning teaching. And and I just applaud so much the work that you're doing, particularly now since we're moving into this post-pandemic. Thank you all. Now, for all of our listeners, again, be sure to follow us on After Hours Conversations for Music Educators. You'll hear conversations conversations just like that. In the meantime, I hope everyone has an absolutely wonderful 2022-2023 academic year. And thanks for joining us for AMRO's Back to School Clinics. Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to a webinar hosted by Nick Averwater and AMRO Music, recorded August 6, 2022. Our panel included Brittany Gerald from Stewart's Creek Middle School in Smyrna, Tennessee, Kim Webb from Green County Tech High School in Paragould, Arkansas, and Ben McLemore from Lewisburg Middle School in Hernando, Mississippi. After Hours Conversations for Music Educators is presented by Amro Music, and the podcast is produced by Nick Averwater, Emily McGee, and Joel Hurd in Memphis, Tennessee. You can hear many more conversations at amromusic.com slash afterhours. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, here are two easy and fast ways you can support the After Hours show. First, your five-star review means a lot as it helps to boost us in the podcast rankings so that other music educators just like you can find us. Second, if you thought of someone that would enjoy this week's content and episode, hey, please share it with them so that they too can be a part of the After Hours community. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.